This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello. Welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. This is a weekly podcast aimed at bridging the communication gaps on climate issues in Africa. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. Now, this October, we are building the momentum to COP26, the annual UN climate meeting expected to occur in about three weeks between 31st October and 12th of November in Glasgow, Scotland. Now, under the Kyoto Protocol, Africa was recognized for its vulnerability to climate change. But under the Paris Agreement, the continent lost that recognition. The African group of negotiators has been pushing for the continent's most vulnerable and least contributor to climate change to be recognized for its special needs and circumstances. Now, unfortunately, the least developed countries, LDCs, some of the most vulnerable to climate change, opposed the motion during the 25th UN climate change meeting in Madrid, Spain. Now, the interesting thing is that 33 African countries are recognized as LDCs. Today, Kamar Jamoy, an independent climate change consultant and advisor to the African Group of Negotiators on Climate Change, tells us why Africa needs its special needs and circumstances recognized under the Paris Agreement. Please do remember to interact with us via email using info at africaclimateconversations.com. Kamal, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Sophie, for inviting me and uh, uh, giving me this opportunity to try to share some views and understandings about uh, the climate process. My name is Kamel Dimoyen. I'm originally from Algeria. Yeah. I'm independent climate change consultant, and uh, I, uh, I'm also advisor to the African Group of Climate Negotiations. Thank you so much. Uh, to respond, you're welcome. To respond to your question on the Africa uh, need for its climate circumstances to be recognized, this is the whole journey we we're having in this climate process, starting from the Convention to the Kyoto Protocol to the Paris Agreement. In the Convention and the, and the Kyoto Protocol, Africa's special circumstances were and still fully recognized as vulnerable to climate change. Mm-hmm. However, if uh, you read the Paris Agreement, mm-hmm. you find that obviously the Paris Agreement doesn't recognize the Africa climate special circumstances. Uh, it recognizes only uh, SITs and LDCs, least developed countries and small island developing states, vulnerabilities to climate change. Mm-hmm. And this is technically and scientifically a mistake. Let me explain why it's a mistake. Let us imagine that a country which is today an LDC from Africa, the least developed country. And in Africa, we have 33 among 55 African countries that are LDCs. Sure. Some of them are now discovering oil and gas, and uh, they are now, uh, and any, any country in Africa or any LDC all over the world has ambition to to develop, to provide a better life for its population, and to graduate from a least developed country to be developing country. Mm-hmm. And this is happening. There is a formal process under the UN, United Nations system, mm-hmm. uh, where countries graduate from the LDC group to developing country group. And uh, an African country that is today LDC 
its climate circumstances are recognizable and climate vulnerability. When it become a developing country, it will lose the recognition of its climate vulnerabilities and circumstances. And this is humanly, naturally, technically, scientifically impossible. <laughs> this cannot change in two or three years that the country become not vulnerable. And if you, you really refer to our last scientific findings on the climate change consequences, mm -hmm. the consequences and the problems will last for decades to not stop the climate change impact and consequences will continue uh, to hurt every, everybody all over the world for, for, for many years. And how come now the Paris Agreement don't recognize Africa's special circumstances when Africa as a continent is the most vulnerable continent to the climate change and climate change impact and consequences have no borders and no limits, no geographical borders. It's something that is really a mistake and it must be corrected and fixed through the Paris Agreement climate negotiations. But then, Kamar, it is a mistake, but then what happened? Because African uh, negotiators um, were present during in Paris. You know, I, I know the negotiation is a give and take, but then again, someone would probably wonder, why is it that Africans being party to this process agreed to, you know, the fact that we passed the Paris Agreement without that particular crucial recognition that was there from what we were moving out of that is the Kyoto Protocol. Yeah, you're right, you're right. African negotiators were there in Paris in 2015, December 2015, for COP21. Okay. And since then, African negotiators at their level and according to their responsibility as negotiators, did all what they were and are able to do to get Africa a special climate circumstances and to be recognized. Mm -hmm. uh, however, you know you know that during uh, any uh, COP or subsidiary body uh, negotiation session, mm -hmm. there is always this last minute pressures and last minute changes and last minute things. And Africa negotiators uh, are still pushing to get this recognized. Now, the issue is that uh, when Africa raised this issue and pushed to get recognized, because if you read Article 4 of the Convention, in particular Article 4, uh, 8, 9, and 10, mm -hmm. you, clearly, you clearly see that the only continent that is recognized and that is in the, the, the process is Africa only. Mm -hmm. Now, other continents and other regions are all also asking for the same thing and yeah. uh, we also we also see that it's legitimate and it's something that is that also need to be recognized because now even many developed countries are really vulnerable to climate change impact and consequences it's not an issue of, of developing country uh, least developed country uh, the climate phenomena and crisis is hurting everyone all over this globe. In Madrid, when Africa was actually pushing for that recognition, one of the groupings that was really heavily opposed was the least developed states. But you look at African nations, um, majority of them falls under LDCs. But you find that also it was very much heavily opposing. 
I know different um, groupings and negotiation, and probably we should talk talk about that for the for people to actually understand. Uh, do you think there's miscommunication because Africa is pushing for recognition, but then majority of the states that fall under Africa, which are least developed, they were also much uh, against Africa being recognized. You know, uh, we we had this problem not only in Madrid, we had this problem in Katowice. The mm-hmm. COP before in, in yeah. 2018, in 2018, first, first in Poland, uh, in Katowice, and then uh, in Madrid, the Chilean COP in, uh, in 2019, mm-hmm. we had the same problem when Africa was pushing to uh, to get in the negotiation the recognition. Mm-hmm. We were surprised that uh, LDCs, uh, the LDCs group, the yeah. developed countries group, uh, uh, did not support Africa on that issue, uh, and uh, really it was something that that really frustrated many of the African countries. I think that uh, the, the LDCs in Africa, uh, the LDCs in Africa and other uh, elsewhere, need really to understand the, the implications of uh, such situation, and uh, this is not something. <laughs> This is not something uh, that can be uh, easy to, to, to be dealt with. However, uh, the African countries, uh, in particular LDCs, need really to, to, to understand the implications and also uh, the, the situation where, as I was explaining uh, in the beginning of this uh, interview, that today they are LDCs, but if they develop and they, they have, I think that politically they have the ambition to develop and, mm. and graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 next time they will find themselves as developing country without recognition of their climate circumstances. And mm. if they don't understand this, it's something which is incredible. You know, when you are in the negotiation in very close rooms and very close negotiations, and you see that uh, uh, Africans from uh, other subgroups. Uh, don't uh, support Africa concerns. It's something that is really frustrating. And uh, you know, in the LDC group, uh, when when it comes to uh, support or not support Africa in that on that issue, the the the, the floor is given to uh, non-African LDCs, uh, which uh, means uh, uh, just uh. not to show this is something uh, that you the, everybody needs to understand. For mm-hmm. example, they give the floor to uh, an LDC coming from Asia or, or any any place, uh, for, for any continent. But mm-hmm. just to, to show to see that to see that oh, we Africans we didn't say anything. No, but but you are in the LDC group. You need to yeah. fight fight for Africa. It's not an issue that keep quiet that will uh, allow you to 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 say that no, we didn't say anything. No. If you are LDC, you need also uh, to, to, to support Africa. And Africa is always supporting LDC group mm. and CIS. Mm. Africa is always with those two, uh, two groups because it's important. We have 33 African countries that are LDCs. We have African countries that are CIS, small island developments. And it's something that is normal and the climate solidarity needs to be everywhere when it comes to, to Africa. Africa must stay united and uh, we don't need and we don't have to uh, divide Africa or just create any uh, divergences uh, in Africa. It's difficult to get 
a common uh, position, but it's feasible and Africa has always been very strong and unified under this climate uh, negotiation process. Uh, and I'm wondering whether there's something probably you know, lessons from we're coming from Katowice and Madrid, um, lessons that probably the African team has learned to probably has, has there been some reaching out um, to these 33 African groups that are that fall within the LDC so that when they say in, 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 in Glasgow, the issue is raised again, then we do not have objection or African groups feel the need to speak out and say, yes, we support this particular motion. What we did after Katowice, Mm-hmm. In Madrid, what we did as AGN, as African group, to show you that that the African group negotiators are are are, are very uh, uh, serious, awake, and uh, they work a lot on on that issue. What we did, there is uh, an agenda item in the negotiation which is called LDC matters. Okay. And this is for each COP. There is a decision that is taken on different LDC LDC issues and matters. And we always, as Africa, support this. What we did in Madrid, we suggested that in this, we suggested to our African LDCs uh, a sentence of two lines, saying that in the decision of the LDC matters, we need to have that LDC among the issues that uh, uh, Africa climate special circumstances be recognized and this need to be in a decision from LDC group matters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and our LDC unfortunately our LDC uh, friends and sisters and brothers wasn't were not able to uh, at least get one sentence in, uh, on the decision of LDC matters on Africa climate circumstances just to, to give you a concrete example of what things are, are being done mm-hmm. and uh, uh, how far we are, we are going just to to have Africa climate circumstances be recognized again. Mm-hmm. Now, the other solution for all Africans is to go back to the convention, mm-hmm. to use only a multilateral agreement that recognizes Africa. Why are we using a Paris agreement that doesn't recognize Africa's special circumstances when we have a provisions, commitments under the, the, the convention, the climate convention, that con- recognize Africa's circumstances. Let us go back and use only the, the agreement that recognizes, the agreement that doesn't recognize us. Why are we continuing to, to, to use it or, or, or refer it to it? But Kamari, we've already signed up to it and ratified it. 51 African countries have already signed up. Yes, you cannot ratify. You cannot ratify. Ratifying it is showing a good will mm-hmm. from all our African countries that we are ready to participate to the effort to tackle climate change. And this is very good at the political level, technical level, negotiation level, or whatever you want. But showing a good will, we need to have the counterpart saying that, see, all Africans are fully engaged, are, are open, are showing the good will. How come we cannot fix the, the mistake not to, co- to recognize African uh, special circumstances. And you know what? One of the reasons that was given to some of our friends, sisters, and brothers in LDCs and CIDs, mm-hmm. be it from Africa or other, they were given the reason that, hey, don't accept the, the recognition because those developing countries from Africa that are not LDCs will uh, challenge you and 
challenge you when it comes to access to finance and things mm -hmm. like that and the amount of money that can go to the LDCs will, will be shared with, with the other developing countries. And this is not true. This is not true. If you see the, the, the financial mechanisms of the convention, if you see the, the three uh, operating entities of financial mechanisms, the adaptation fund, the, 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 the global environment facility, the GERS, and the, the, the green climate fund, the GCF, you see that most of the, the, the funding is allocated to LDCs and seeds. How come some things can be uh, thought this way? Well, I hope that our politicians and our decision makers in Africa can really move on, on that issue. And that, uh, in, in the last AMSAN meeting, mm. the African Ministerial Conference on Environment, in the, the last two decisions, it's mm. clear that all Africans, be it LDCs, developing countries, are instructed from the ministers to move and fight for this Africa special mechanism. The last two decisions, they are, they are public on the on, on the AMSEN website. The ministers in Africa decided and instructed their negotiators, including mm. LDCs and states from Africa, to fight mm. and get Africa special circumstances. I really wanted to actually expand a little bit further in terms of what repercussions would actually be in terms of if Africa stopped recognizing the Paris Agreement, what that would mean. But I, I think before we briefly discuss that, I just want to really now understand very clearly why is it important? What does it, if Africa is recognized, recognition is recognized in terms of the position, the vulnerability is actually recognized under the Paris Agreement, what exactly would that mean for Africa? Would it unlock access of finance, access of technology? What exactly? Would that look for? Um, why is it that Africa is fighting so heavily to be recognized back? What what would it mean for the continent? First, first of all, the issue is uh, the recognition is about the fact uh, that exists, the reality we are living in Africa, and that that Africa first it's not uh, historically responsible of any any the, the global warming we're having now and even in the future. The Africa emissions are less than 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 four percent mm. uh, in the world. Now, this recognition is important because it's a fact and it's a reality, and it needs to be reflected in the agreement as it was and it is in the, the UNFCCC, the Convention. The mm. second issue is that all Africans, all African countries, the uh, without talking about their development, economy, or something like that, needs to have the same treatment when it comes to climate change because climate change impact and consequences have no borders, have no limits. And the impact we are having, a third issue is that what we are suffering from are mainly historical uh, uh, GHG emissions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we don't have any historical responsibility. Why uh, should we uh, accept this? The, the fourth, we don't want any such kind of issue to divide Africa, because this mm -hmm. is dividing African countries. And Africa has always been strong in the process in the climate negotiations, and has always been uh, solid and speaking, working, dealing with one common voice and one common position. And this is dividing Africa, and uh, this is not good for Africa, be it on the political level or uh, climate 
develop even economic one. So that doesn't mean that if Africa is recognized, probably there will be more direct access of funds, climate finance, or a little bit more of better flows. Yeah, thank you for re-asking the part of the question. I forgot to, to respond to this specific part of the question. But the, the issue to access to, to finance, technology, or capacity building, mm-hmm. there will be no change. What will be available will be accessible for the, the countries and project owners and project uh, proponents that request funding. Will be the same. You have to follow procedures that are very complicated to access finance or anything. Now, the issue is not a new finance or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the issue uh, on the accessibility to finance technology will be the issue of eligibility. The convention says that all developing countries are eligible. If you refer to the governing instrument of the Green Climate Fund, mm-hmm. and you read. The, the, the different articles, one of the first articles says all developing countries are eligible to the Green Climate Fund finance and investment. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the issue. If now you start doing things, it means that you are going to make differences in the eligibility. Mm-hmm. But new, additional, it's always what we have been asking for. And uh, uh, in the negotiation, for example, take finance, uh, the, the $100 billion that that was uh, a pledge for the period uh, by 2020, uh, we're still waiting if there will be possible possibility at least to have an assessment if this $100 billion has been provided or no uh, uh, for, for, for developing countries. Kamar, issues of uh, the finance flows has been an issue, but then there's been a critical issue. And I think also it was raised during the CCDA in terms of access to funds, climate funds has been also not so easy. I'm wondering whether there've been um, some African countries that have not been able, because of, that have not been able to access funds, especially through the GCF or different other mechanisms. And probably with this eligibility recognized, if Africa is recognized for a special needs and circumstances, that probably it will make it a little bit easier for African nations to be able to access these particular funds. You know, eligibility is something that, that, that needs to be fixed definitely, and it's not something that we have to, to, to play with or game. Now, uh, even with the eligibility, uh, let, let me just uh, uh, tell you uh, something that happened in the GCF, for example. Three or four years ago, among the first projects that were not uh, approved for funding for the first time, and uh, because of, uh, not, not because of eligibility or availability or funding, but because of really uh, uh, subjective reasons. An African country, which is from LDCs, it's not the country, but the project owner, uh, which is from Africa, when submitting the project was not approved because of reasons that have nothing to do with eligibility. And this same project from an African country, they were obliged to resubmit it again to uh, then get the funding. Just to show you that, and this uh, African country was an LDC and still an LDC country. Just to show you that it's not because you you are LDC that you have more access. We all are going to be treated the same way to access funding or finance. The issue is just keep solid and keep unified because this climate issue is something that uh, that is uh, hurting all Africa and not 
part of it or a country and not another country. We are all at the same level uh, mm. of concerns with regard to climate change and mm. consequences. Mm. And, and I think for us to end this, I have, I have, I have, I, there's a question um, a lady by the name Ruth asked, and she's wondering, like, we are on our 26 uh, meeting, um, international meeting, basically, and is wondering, you know, why is it that seems things don't really seem to move? And she's wondering, is there any legality into this process? Is it the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Agreement? Are they legally binding in terms of countries are bound if you say you're going to, and you mentioned something, you said African countries that have signed have shown the goodwill. Um, can someone sue and say like, we are being affected by the impacts of climate change because this is what Ruth is asking. Are these um, treaties uh, legally binding in terms of countries are legally bound to act, like for example, NDCs, to act, if you say you, you submitted, say we're going to actually reduce emission by 2030 by 2050 by this amount percentage, are you legally bound to do by you know those actions? You know, uh, I'm not a legal expert because you need yeah. a legal expert. We need to go deeper uh, on the different issues you're raising, in particular from legal perspective. But mm. I, I can give you some uh, some uh, negotiations perspective and technical perspective mm-hmm. when it comes to the the the, the bindingness of for example, between the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Agreement. The Kyoto Protocol is a legally binding agreement Mm -hmm. and protocol, but the Paris Agreement is partially legally binding. It's legally binding on its procedures, but Mm -hmm. not on the pledges, because the pledges are nationally determined. One, uh, there is a voluntary voluntary thing. Uh, Two, and the third thing you need to, to, to know is that under the, the Paris Agreement, there is conditionalities, which means mm-hmm. if the the funding, if the technology and if the capacity building are not available, uh, most of the, the huge parts of most of the NDCs that are submitted and pledged by developing countries, for example, African countries, mm-hmm. are conditional to the availability and provision uh, of means of implementation, which are finance, technology and capacity building. And uh, as far as uh, I know, the, the availability, the accessibility to those uh, means of limitation for the condition part of the NDC is, is not something that is insured or secured for, 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 for the country. The, the ambition we want to have reaching the, the targets uh, of the NDCs is some, something that depends on, uh, on, uh, uh, on the availability and the condition. And uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, this is the situation, the Paris Agreement uh, is binding, for example, on legally binding on the transparency framework, how it can be MRV on the reporting verification, but on the pledges on, on, on the NDCs that are pledged, but conditional to, 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 to many uh, criteria and things like that, depending on the country and the, uh, it's NDC. Thank you so much, uh, Kamar. Your final word? My final word is Africa needs to be and continue to be Africa. Africa must stay one and not divided from any perspective and on any matter. And on climate change, the final thing I have to say, sorry to say it, but facing climate change for Africa will be from Africans and by Africa. Let me just say one thing that the, the African countries need to understand also on the Paris Agreement. 
Now, on the, in the Paris Agreement, the first mitigation target, temperature target, Uh, which is which is the temperature which is two degrees or 1.5 degrees if we take this two degrees or even 1.5 degrees this 1.5 degrees is a target that uh, we all work together uh, not to allow the raise of temperature or increase of temperature by 2100 uh, plus two degrees maximum of two degrees but If you analyze these two degrees, in these two degrees, and even according to IPCC reports and scientific findings, that in these two degrees, it contains the uh, increase of temperature of historical emissions. Yeah. These two degrees starts in uh, 1890, from 1890 pre-industrial era until now, the global warming is increasing and temperature is increasing. The last finding of the IPCC two weeks ago, it was that we are having an increase of temperature of 1.1 degree. Yeah. Now in this 1.1, for example, now or in the future for the two degrees, there is the emissions, the historical GHG emissions. Sure. And everyone will say, yes, of course there is. But if you go back to the commitments of all countries in the Paris Agreement. We all are going to do the effort to reach the objective, the mitigation of the objective of the, the Paris Agreement, two or 1.5 degrees, which means developing countries will also share the effort for the historical responsibilities. Yeah. And this is another mistake in the Paris Agreement. Yeah. If developing countries, in particular African ones, has to do efforts to reduce their emissions and to participate to the, the, the Paris Agreement uh, mitigation goal or temperature goal, we need to do it for the, the GHGs we are responsible of. We cannot do it for the, the GHGs that we are not responsible of. But in that in this current situation, all countries don't understand the implications of accepting two degrees and 1.5 degrees. Hmm. If we accept, we accept two degrees minus the historical responsibility or 1.5 degrees minus the historical GHG emissions. This will be fair and equitable for everybody. Thank you. Tamara, thank you so, so much for finding time. I sincerely appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sophie, and uh, wish you all the best. And next week, we will aim to start the conversation here, looking into the Paris Agreement temperature goals and the nationally determined contributions vital in ensuring the world meets this particular goal. Remember, your questions are valuable, so please write to us via email info at africaclimateconversations.com or you can even interact with us via social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook or leave us a comment on our website www.africaclimateconversations.com I do hope to see you again next week on Tuesday. But until next week, Kwaheri, my name is Sophie Bula. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.